Once you get your license or certain ratings, you'll eventually need to complete a flight review to keep it validated. Now, this can be a bit of a daunting thing for some. Are you not sure what's involved or when it's due? Not sure what a flight review even is about? Does one review cover another? Well, this episode is for you. I answer all these questions and more coming right up. So strap in and let's get into it. G'day everyone and welcome to episode 8 of Flight Training Australia, the podcast all about flight training and flying in Australia and beyond. I'm your host Trent Robinson, thank you for joining me. For those that don't know me, I'm a head of operations of a flight school, flight examiner and flight instructor based out of Darwin in the Northern Territory in Australia. If you just stumbled across this podcast, thanks for joining us. You can uh, find all the episodes you may have missed at www.flighttrainingaustralia.com.au and all the podcast service that it's available. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave a review and uh, tell all your friends. It really helps me out. So firstly, let me wish you all a very happy new year and uh, May 2022 be full of exciting and challenging flying without all the other nonsense that's been going on lately. I know it's been a massive struggle for many of my aviation friends. Many have lost their jobs one way or another, and I for one have been truly grateful for the opportunities that are presented for me to keep flying, let alone be so busy as I have been and the relatively normal life we've managed thus far up here in the Northern Territory, being relatively COVID-free. It is great, however, to see moving in the industry again. Airlines are starting to hire, generally aviation or GAs having pilots moving on, creating opportunities for younger pilots to test their skills. So fingers crossed we have made it through the toughest part and common sense can prevail and we get back to doing what we all love, and that's flying aeroplanes. So in today's episode, I've been asked a few questions about flight reviews and to address some of them, uh, sort out some of the confusion that's out there and what is actually involved versus what some flying schools seem to think, uh, as well as how CASA class what counts as a flight review and how it is documented. But before we get into it too far, let's just clear one thing up right at the beginning, and that's the name. BFR, AFR, FR, flight review, what is it actually called? Well, little history lesson, all these titles have at one stage been used in the past, and they all do still mean the same thing. But the name has been a confusing convention which has led to the name changes, and I think CASA have finally got it right. BFR meant to stand for Biennial Flight Review, meaning two yearly, but of course everybody thought it meant biannual, being twice yearly. Nope, that's not right. So then AFR came along for aeroplane flight review, and yep, you guessed it, that got confused too and called an annual flight review once every year. So finally, CASA thought, hey, let's just drop the timeline part and let's just call it a flight review. And suddenly everybody understood that it was needed every two years. So there you go, a little bit of history. Just to keep it confusing though, RAOs still call it a BFR, I believe, but it's not a term used in GA anymore but it is all the same thing. So just to confirm, a flight review is due every two years. 
When does the flight review expire? It expires at the end of the month, with one exception, the low-level rating. A little bit of a mess up in the wording, and so the low-level rating expires when it is written in your license. There is no end-of-month extension on that one at the moment. That's of uh, January 2022. It is supposed to be updated and corrected, but until such time, if your low-level rating expires on the 3rd of October, it doesn't get extended to the end of the month. So just keep an eye out on that one. Now, if we have a look at the Civil Aviation Safety Regulations, CASR 61.010, right in the beginning, there's a bunch of definitions there, and it defines a flight review as an assessment of the competency of a flight crew member to perform for the holder of a pilot license, an activity authorised by a flight crew rating that the flight crew member holds. Okay, that probably didn't clear up anything at all. So who needs a flight review? Well, again, dipping back into history, your license needed a flight review. But the problem with this was, for example, if you were an ATPL holder and retired, and you just wanted to fly your RV7 around on the weekends, you had to maintain and be assessed at an ATPL standard, which just wasn't really realistic at all. So this has now been fixed by completing a flight review for certain ratings, not licenses. So if we get into the CASA Manual of Standards, or the MOZ, and I'll put a link on where to find this in the episode description, you can also find this in your electronic flight bag documents like Osramays and Avplan. They'll have all the CASA documents in there and you can find this information in there. You need to look up Volume 4, Schedule 7. There you'll find that an aircraft class rating, private instrument rating, a night VFR rating and a low level rating all need flight reviews. Following this are the practical flight standards which are required to be completed for each of the ratings. So the one most people are going to need is not a license review, but a class rating review. What class rating, you might ask? Well, this is either your single or multi-engine class rating. Everyone's got one or the other by the time they complete their first license. So here's the first question. Does multi-engine cover single engine? And the answer is yes but with conditions. What conditions? Well, remember my old mate 61.385, the general competency rule. For example, if you fly a multi-engine aircraft and a single, but you're constantly doing multi-engine flight reviews, then you're not practicing things like practice force landings or engine phase after takeoff. So it becomes a matter of competency and common sense on your part to practice these things every now and then, either on your own or book an instructor and go practice them. Remember, you can find out more about the general competency rule in episode six, if you happen to have missed it. So what do you need to do in a flight review? Well, if we look at the main unit, either flight review SEAC or FEA, sorry, FRMEAC, SEAC or MEAC, it will tell us. To find this, we go to volume two, schedule two, of the MOZ, and we can find on page about 140 or find the unit in the contents and click on that, everything the instructor will be assessing on the flight review. Now, I'm not going to go through absolutely everything, but 
it will show you everything you need to complete, including a short field takeoff, which is normally done on your initial departure, some general handling like medium turns, steep turns, either 45 or 60 degrees as appropriate for the rating that you're renewing, a stall, full stall approach configuration or uh, power or flap stall, a practice force landing, some circuits, including normal and flapless, and a short field landing to finish up on is usually how it goes. Some things which are often missed but is required is some basic instrument flight review, simulating an aircraft system malfunction, such as maybe a alternator failure or an engine fire, for example, or even a radio failure. And the one that catches a lot of people out is a low-level flying at 500 feet to simulate poor weather conditions. What is optional, however, is a navigation exercise, but this is not mandatory. So should you do it? Well, some schools insist on doing it. Others will give you the option. And it all feeds back into the general competency rule, doesn't it? How long since you navigated? Do you use your license to do trips? Maybe you're happy with your nav, but your flight planning's weak. Or you avoid CTA because you just aren't comfortable with radio calls or worried about making a mistake or getting in the way of everybody else. Well, the flight review is the perfect process to get these skills up to speed and feel confident about it. So talk to your instructor, tell them what you'd like to get out of the flight review process, and then work with them on it. And remember, it doesn't all have to be in one flight. It might be over one, two, or three, whatever's needed. So over the page, if we keep looking through the mods, are the units for the multi-engine and are very much the same with the inclusion, of course, of engine phase throughout the circuit. And here's another small catch. If you complete a multi-engine flight review as a standalone, then you'll get FRMEA entered into your license. All good. If you do an IPC, or an instrument rating proficiency check, for example, this does meet the requirements for a flight review. However, if the IPC doesn't include things like steep turns and stalls, which it doesn't on its own right, then it doesn't meet the full criteria of a flight review and can't be documented as such. So the examiner will enter the IPC in your license, but not FRMEA, for example. This means you have an IPC which expires in one year and a flight review that expires in two years but the flight review is invisible. It's not written in your license. Seems crazy, but this is why this is done. So the examiner hasn't forgotten to put it in. They're just complying with the rules. If your examiner is adding it, then they're not really doing it correctly. So yeah, let all that soak in. You have an invisible flight review in your license, but this will eventually show up in your MyCASA portal and that will show that you have a two-year flight review. So if you see IPC in there, just know that it also counts as a two-yearly flight review for your multi-engine aircraft. Okay, so if you're needing a night rating or low-level rating, you can consult the next couple of pages and see what it is that you need to complete. How about combining flight reviews? Well, yep. You can in most instances. So let's just say you hold a single engine class rating and a night VFR rating. 
All you need to do is a day and a night component at the same time, ticking off everything that needs to be completed, which is everything we talked about for the class rating and some night circuits and a little night navigation leg. So you can, of course, do two separate flights on different days as well if you prefer. Otherwise, you could do an afternoon flight, land before last light, have a bit of a chat, wait for it to get dark, go knock out some circuits and navigate your way back again. You can also do the same if you had low level, although you'd have to do the day component, the low level component, and then the night starts making it a bit of a big day and you're probably going to struggle to find a low level instructor that's willing to do everything all at once anyway. So it's really best to be done separately so it can be done properly and thoroughly. What about theory? Did your instructor give you a questionnaire to complete? Some schools do this and that's totally fine. There are a lot of changes going on at the moment and this is a fantastic way to get up to speed on the rules and conditions that apply to your local area. It also just helps identify areas you might be a little bit weak on or just plain forgotten. The biggest thing to remember in all this, that a flight review is not a flight test and it's not meant to be threatening. It's designed to practice skills not often flown and challenge you if you're a regular flyer and push the envelope a little bit more each time rather than just doing the same thing over and over. Take advantage of the opportunity and don't be one of these pilots who thinks they don't need it. As a professional pilot, we do six monthly checks over three days, usually in the simulator, full of emergency procedures and all the things we don't normally do. And it's a fantastic opportunity to embrace and practice these skills. There's a reason why aviation is safe as it is, and that's because we practice the things we hope we never have to do. So talk to your local school and make it happen and enjoy the experience. And this leads me to the final point, and that is, can you do something new and add an endorsement or rating instead? Of course you can. It might be time to add a new design feature, for example. Tailwheel, float plane. This process will cover all the general handling items, as we discussed above in the MOZ. Just let your instructor know at the beginning so they can make sure that they cover everything off. Okay, so there's everything you need to know about conducting your flight review in Australia. Your local school and instructors are there to help you and keep you flying. So don't be scared of the changes, learn about them, embrace them, and you'll find that it's not all that hard after all. Remember the links are in the episode description so you can have a look at the flight review requirements and also a link to CASA's flight review page, which also has some info on it for you. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, I love to hear your feedback. So if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave me a review and, of course, a five-star rating. You can email me on info at trentrobinsonaviation, all one word, .com.au. Simply put podcasts in the subject line and send me your questions and I'll do my best to answer it in a future episode. Or, of course, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram, Trent Robinson Aviation. Again, links in the description for the episode. And finally, one of our students gained their PPL this week. Congratulations. It's during the wet season and they actually ended up flying through a rainbow. And uh, feedback from the examiner is that they passed with flying colours. All right, so we've got a huge year planned. I've uh, got some really exciting things coming up, which I'll share with you all soon. Until then, next week, we're going to start talking about emergency procedures. Single engine, multi-engine, 
how we go about training, are we even teaching it correctly? Are instructors teaching it correctly? Should be a really interesting episode. And uh, I look forward to hearing your feedback and comments on it after that episode. So until then, blue skies and remember the golden rule, aviate, navigate, communicate. Cheers. Cheers.